Hi everyone, I'm Daniela and you're listening to the Mellow Moment Pet Health Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Mikkel Becker from the Fear Free Family about tips on how to reduce stress for your pets. Listen to Mikkel's tips for home life, outside life, and then the dreaded topic of taking your pet to the veterinarian. Her dad founded the Fear Free Movement, so you can bet she knows everything about how to give your pet their best life. Hey everyone, I'm Daniela from Mella Pet Care, and today I'm joined by Mikkel Becker. She's the author of From Fearful to Fear Free, a lead animal trainer for Fear Free Pets, a lover and happy trainer of all animals except for bugs. And so there's the caveat there. <laughs> Loves everything, not the bugs. And, you know, you might recognize her last name because we had a very similar guest just uh, about a, a year ago, actually, on this podcast. And so this is a family affair is that we're just having the entire family on this podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today, Mikkel. Oh my gosh, such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. And so to start off, would you like to introduce yourself, give a little bit of personal background for the listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Mikkel Becker. My dad is Dr. Marty Becker. He's the founder of Fear Free Pets. And Fear Free has just been an awesome like venture for our family and really for the whole pet profession. It's, it's really transformed so many like different veterinary practices and home lives for pets and grooming and pet sitting. So fear free is a certification program and it teaches people how to reduce fear, anxiety, and stress during pet interactions, pet care. And it's really a cool joy to be able to work with my family. And my brother is the producer on a podcast called Happy Paws that's presented by Fear Free that I I do with my brother. So it's really cool. And then my mom is is a certified pet massage therapist. So she does the massage therapy. My dad is a vet and my brother is is my cute brother who loves cats, loves pets, and he does the tech side of Fear Free. And we get to work with a lot of other really awesome professionals as well. Yeah, I totally love that. You know, as of right now, the new goal is just to have your entire family on this podcast. And so yes. it was just so fun. I loved having your dad on back in the day. Well, I'm loving having you on. And so it's just going to be a really fun time for sure. Well, I, and I will definitely be passing along my brother's uh, information too. I think it may be his first podcast. So oh, you will love fantastic. my brother. He's, he's so cool. Uh, the biggest cat expert. He's the guy I go to for any of my questions and he's, he's amazing. So you'll like, you will, you'll talk to the whole family. And then once we teach our dogs to officially speak beyond some barks, maybe you can talk to them too. So that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And so then before we kind of dive into some of the more nitty gritty tips that I know we're going to discuss, can we just start with a a more like wide view of Fear Free and just kind of how it started? Yeah. So Fear Free is an organization that developed around how to create an environment, how to create interactions, how to create just a lifestyle with pets that reduces fear, anxiety, and stress. And it started off in the veterinary profession and has gone to like throughout the whole pet industry and has gone to certain pet products, has gone to 
uh, reducing fear, anxiety, and stress for vet visits, for groomer, pet sitting, boarding and daycare, animal training. And it's really an awesome program because what it does is it teaches us to be able to recognize signs of fear, anxiety, and stress early on and to be able to make changes in their environment, in that interaction, in any of those variables that may be stressing our pets out, how to make those changes to help them feel more comfortable and to feel more safe. And my job as a trainer, a lot of times is helping to helping the pet <clears throat> to feel more relaxed in that situation. So helping to really address those underlying emotions as well as teaching them coping behaviors. So teaching them how to better deal with that situation. So it can be like little things such as offering their paws for nail trims to some bigger things. So sometimes it's the pet being able to offer a chin rest where they rest their head on uh, for instance, like a stool while the vet is examining them. So rather than being restrained, they can, they can be free. They can have more free movement, but we can also help to keep the pet and the veterinary team safe in ways that can also include things like teaching them to voluntarily wear a basket muzzle. So one thing that people may think is that muzzles mean a bad dog. And that's such a misconception because muzzles just mean a safer dog. And a lot of times during veterinary care and grooming care, it's actually going to be a more comfortable dog if they've been trained to voluntarily wear that muzzle because when they're wearing it, it, it really prioritizes safety for the pet as well as for the whole interacting team. And it allows the pet to move about more freely. So a lot of times in the past, before Fear Free, common way of examining the pet or treating the pet is to use more forced restraint during holding the pet down. But now with Fear Free, we've actually found that less is more. So usually the less restraint that we have to use, the better. And then finding different ways to be able to do the different treatments that we need to do in a lower stress way. So for instance, as you and I were talking just before our chat today about uh, even temperature. So, so using something like a thermometer that goes under the pet's armpit versus a rectal thermometer, that's a huge difference because a lot of times that's one of the most stressful parts of the vet visit itself is having to get their temperature taken. So there are just so many different ways we can approach it and reduce their stress and help them feel more comfortable and calm throughout any of their care exp experiences, whether it's in the home or if it's at any of the, the pet professionals that they visit. Yeah, you totally read our mind on the value proposition of our product. We were like, wow, no one likes these temperatures that are being taken rectally. So let's just change that. But I think this is also a very fun conversation because, you know, the conversation that I had with your dad back in the day was a lot more veterinary focused, right? And so we kind of went through what Fear Free means in the clinic, you know, the evolution of Fear Free, where it's going kind of more from an organizational level. And what I love about this conversation is that now we're going to get into the home and the actual lives of the pet parents. And so now that people know what Fear Free means, you know, what the organization is doing, what you're striving to do as well. Now we can say, okay, these are the things that you can do for your pet to help them live a fear-free life. So to start off, how about we talk about some tips on lowering stress at home? So one of the best ways that we can help to reduce our pet stress is by recognizing it early. So a lot of times people will think, oh, the pet got upset. He bit out of nowhere. Like there were no signs. He just, you know, all of a sudden the, the kid approached, he'd been fine with it before. And then all of a sudden, but in almost all of those cases where the dog is said to bit, bite out of nowhere, there are a couple things going on. In many situations, there have been various signs of stress leading up to that occurrence. So leading up to that bite. So the pet may have been warning or, or asking more politely, like, hey, can I have a little bit of space? I'm feeling uncomfortable. 
But a lot of times when we don't recognize those signs, they can go unheard and unanswered in the way that the pet feels safe with. So that scary situation just keeps occurring. So one of the best things we can do is to listen early on and help that pet feel more comfortable but also not punishing those signs of distress. So a lot of times if the pet growls or the pet snaps, a lot of times they can get in trouble for that. So it could be scolding to sometimes in some situations, physical punishment. And what that does is it actually increases that pet's anxiety and that distress and any of those punitive methods. So any any corrective methods, they actually are associated with a higher rate of aggression. So the dog is more likely to be aggressive when those methods are used and they're less likely to warn. So where the pet may have worn their discomfort by, by growling or by snarling, things like that, all of a sudden those warning signs go away. And that's when the dog is said to bite out of nowhere, even though they were trying to warn the whole time. So paying attention to body language is first and foremost, the most important thing that we can do to help our pets feel less stressed and to address stress early before it escalates. So the more we can listen to our pets, the more they're going to feel heard and the more comfortable and safe they'll feel and the less likely they will need to escalate to more severe methods to get us to actually respond to what they're needing in that moment. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And you're totally right. You know, as soon as a dog or a cat will growl or hiss, people tend to punish that and they say, stop doing that. Like, why are you making such a horrible noise? Like behave. And so, yeah, this is definitely something that, you know, we should learn to respect. So also in the home though, there are some things where, you know, pets might not like it, but they're part of their overall well-being, And so we kind of need to do it. So for instance, nail trimming, like very important for their health, bathing also important for their health. But there are a lot of dogs and cats that do not enjoy that. And so while it is nice to not put your pet in a situation that they feel uncomfortable, sometimes you kind of have to. And so for like routine health things like that, that maybe they just don't enjoy, what are some tips there to help them with that? So first and foremost, think of getting a non-slip surface. So whether it's being in the bathtub or a lot of times we're doing nail trims, the pet may be put in an uncomfortable position or in an area where they are slipping and sliding. So one of the number one fears that pets have, and it's just a primal fear, is the fear of falling. So instead of putting the pet up on an elevated area, or instead of having them in the slippery bottom of the bathtub or sink, instead give them some grips, give them some traction. So we can use a bath mat. We can use things like sometimes just like the traction mats for the bathtub. And there are certain pet ones that allow it to still drain in a pinch. We can even use a towel on the bottom of the bathtub is going to give the pet more traction than with the slippery surface of the normal tub. So giving them a stable place to stand is number one. And then number two is giving them some happy distractions or happy rewards as they go. So for some pets, they may not feel completely comfortable having a lickable treat throughout that procedure, but what we can do is break it down, make it a little bit easier for them. So rather than trying to do everything all at once, we can just start off easy. So maybe we're handling the pet where they're comfortable on that non-slip surface. So if it's a nail trim or if it's the bath, we just are getting them in that area where, where we're going to do that procedure. We're just doing some light handling. We're giving them treats and then, okay, it's over. And then break, we're going to go away for a little bit. So, and then we come back again and maybe we we go further down their paw and then we're treating, 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 and then, okay, it's over. 
and then we're going to go because the, the big mistake that people make is trying to do everything all at once. And that's just way too much for the pet to handle. So the more that we can break it down and make it simple for them, give them those happy distractions, give them that non-slip surface, and also trying to make that experience more comfortable for them. So for anyone who's had a nail trimmer for five years or 10 years, you've used it for, for numerous pets get a new one or exchange your blades, make sure that they're sharp because a lot of times it is, it's a pinching feeling for their nails. So it's not a clean cut. It, it pinches, it hurts, it's very uncomfortable. So brush up on your own skills with being able to trim nails to make sure that you're just trimming off the little pieces of the ends. So we're avoiding the quick, making sure that they're nice and sharp. And then also in the bathtub, for instance, making sure that the water is comfortable for them. So you can use baby bath monitors for your pets. So just something as simple as like a little rubber ducky that can tell you if the, the temperature is too hot, that can be really helpful as well for our pets. And a lot of times they, they don't like cold water, just like it can be shocking to us. It's shocking to them. So making it warm enough that it's comfortable, but not too hot because they are more sensitive to heat than we are. Yeah, I honestly think these are such important tips too, because I know a lot of pet parents who just don't do a lot of these things because they don't want to stress out their pet, which is totally fair. Nobody wants to put their pet in a stressful situation, but a lot of these things are very necessary for their health. You know, they need to be bathed, they need to have their nails trimmed. And so now that you're just mentioning these tips to help reduce their stress, hopefully a lot of pet parents can actually continue or, you know, revamp and start doing these things again that are very important for the pet. Yes, absolutely. And as, as you were talking right there, I thought of one last tip too to throw wow. in there on the bath. So a lot of times pets get really afraid when they get, and it's just another one of those primal fears, that fear of drowning. So when they get water in their nose and they're in their mouth, like in, or in their eyes, it can be really scary for them. So if you are bathing a dog, you want to tip their head up slightly. So if you are doing anything like on the top of their head or their neck, if you could tip their head up and we can even do it with like having like a Kong or a lickable toy that they can be licking out of at the same time, or even those treats in our hands, we lure their head up. We're giving them treats as they go, but that's going to cause the water to go down their neck, down their back versus going right in their face. And instead of showering their face, a lot of times we can just use a damp washcloth or we can use a pet wipe. So that's going to be a lot less stressful for the pet as well. Yeah, that's great. I love these tips. And so I think it's awesome because, you know, pet parents can absolutely control the environment of their home. I think it's a lot easier than controlling the outside world. You know, you don't know what's going to happen out on the street, but in your home, it's just a lot easier to make sure that your pet's not stressed out. But then, you know, let's move on to kind of the more difficult side of that. And it's the outdoors. How do you think pets or pet parents can help their pets uh, that are outside and who may be stressed out? So we want to make that outside world comfortable for them as well. So one of the things that people make mistakes on is feeling like their pet has to do these certain activities. They have to take their pet out on various like really long walks, take them to the dog park, things like that. For some pets, the outside world is so scary, so stressful. Other dogs are so stressful that it, it can just be this stew pot of stress that we are just adding more more and more too, to the point where the pet a lot of times is going overboard and they just are exploding over where, you know, either they kind of shut down and they just kind of retreat into themselves or they're that, that more reactive dog that's just out there like barking at everything that they see. And it's just really reactive. So what we can do is think of enrichment and think of adding, adding to our pets lives in ways that they feel comfortable and safe with. And just like with 
the handling, we want to just do a little bit at a time. So if your pet is stressed, like going out on walks, consider different areas that you may want to walk them. So rather than walking them in really busy populated areas or during busy times of day, maybe go, going out during lower traffic times of day and just going out for a few minutes. And literally we can even work with our pet on walking on a loose leash and allow them sniffing opportunities right in our front yard, in the backyard. We can you know, take them on a, a long line to different places and not put those unfair expectations on them that they have to get along with everybody and every dog. Some dogs are, are more of a, a one person kind of dog or, or an only dog type of dog in their own home. So, you know, just recognizing them for who they are and helping them feel comfortable and safe. I think that that's really key. Yeah, I, I think I love that too, because it is kind of, there are a lot of pet parents out there who may feel you know, this kind of secondhand embarrassment where their dog starts to bark at another dog and they're like, oh my God, now everyone's going to think I'm a terrible pet parent. I got to like correct this behavior where it's just a lot of, yeah, that kind of necessity to understand who your dog as an individual is. So I think that's great. And so that's fantastic for home, for outdoors. And now for the dreaded topic or the dreaded location that every pet parent hates going to, the vet, right? Every pet parent's like, oh my God, I have to take my dog to the vet. Like, I don't like the vet. I don't think I've heard any single pet parent except for, you know, those of us who actually work in the the pet health industry who enjoys the vet. And so let's say even though your pet is going to a fear-free clinic or maybe they're not, maybe there is no fear-free clinic in the area. What can the individual pet parent do to prepare their pet for a vet visit? So uh, one of the best things is bring your pet's favorite treats. And this may be where you want to think of it like Thanksgiving dinner, like we're taking the pet to Disney, like you want to make that place super special. And if you can, even taking them beforehand on different trips, like just, you know, going into the parking lot, going into the lobby, and they're getting those really tasty treats, and then they leave. So And we also have a thing within Fear Free called Victory Visits, which can really help a lot, especially with those pets that do get so stressed, is actually practicing elements of the exam, but without doing any type of treatment or pressuring the pet. So just moving at their pace, those victory visits like really, really pay off um, with, with just that dog being excited about going in. But having their favorite treats on hand for their vet visit, if it's the day of, like say that we we don't have the time to repair, bringing in their favorite treats, having a variety of them in very small pieces, and then also bringing a non-slip surface for your pet. So like that perhaps it's a bath mat, perhaps it's uh, something that's that's actually designed for travel, like the easy visit pet vet mat. So it's easy to clean. It's It has great traction. And that's really helpful because we can place it up on the scale. We can use it in the exam room. So it gives your pet a comfortable, familiar space that they can go to. And also that's non-slip. So that gives them a lot more traction, taking away that fear of falling. And then what we want to do is we want to encourage the pet to make contact first with new people. So we can do games like like Find It, for instance, where we're tossing treats on the ground and we're encouraging the pet to start moving around, sniffing that exam room while they're settling in. And then we can do things too, like where where we encourage the veterinary staff to also play those games with our dog and, and allow the pet to approach at their own pace So for some pets, you may hold those treats right in hand and that that can be enough. But for some pets, that's also really scary. That's too much to start off with. So that's where they may need to have you giving the dog treats at the start and then tossing those treats on the ground. And then also just be aware that there are ways that we can help our pets. So there are different 
uh, different nutraceuticals and pharmaceutical help that can really help to alleviate that fear, anxiety, and stress. And that's important to consider because every single anxiety provoking scenario that our pet encounters, that just solidifies that fear memory and makes it all the more likely the pet's going to freak out next time. So that's where we want to work with, with veterinary staff that are aware of our pet's emotional needs, paying attention to them and not doing too much too fast for what our pet can really handle. So trying to alleviate that stress as much as they can. And, you know, the really cool thing is like with fear free, even in emergency rooms and emergency hospitals with pets, like there are so many ways even in, in the midst of the moment that we can reduce that stress for pets. So, uh, and one of the ways it can include in the way that they're handled, the way that they're approached and just trying to make them feel safe and not threatened. Yeah, I think those tips are just so good. I mean, even now I'm sitting here, I have a, a doctor's appointment in half an hour, right? And I'm, I'm a whole grown woman and I'm like, do I want to go to the doctor? I don't want to go to the doctor. Yes. So I'm just thinking, you know, if I was a pet and I didn't know what was happening, I would love my pet parent to just give me some treats and say, it's going to be okay. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh no, I have to do this. All right. So now I actually think we're at the perfect time for you to answer our Mela signature question. Now, I believe this question did exist back when your dad was on the podcast. And so you're going to have to ask him what he answered, compare notes and see how it differed and how fun things are. Um, so this is going to be very exciting. It's just to get your perspective on the question now. So what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? It, for me, it means looking at the entirety of the pet. So recognizing that our pets have very complex, deep emotions, and they have the ability to experience many of the same emotions that we do. So that deep love, dogs can really have compassion for others, and they can display altruism. And so that that desire to care for others, even if it doesn't benefit them, our pets have that. And they have, you know, they have so many different emotions and, and these rich emotional experiences. And so for us, it's not only taking care of the physical health of the pet, which is so important. So for anyone who hasn't taken their pet to the vet within the last year, definitely be thinking about that because most pets really should be going to the going to the vet at least once a year, if not twice a year, especially for those senior pets or for some of those younger pets. So taking your pet to the vet, but also paying attention to their emotional well-being and because both emotional health and physical health are just so closely interlinked that they really are one. So they both influence one another. So caring for both of those is absolutely essential. Yeah, I think that's such a fantastic answer. I, I totally love that. So unfortunately, as we wrap up this podcast, I, I know that every listener out there is invested in you and your family and fear free and just really wants to get involved. And so how can they keep up to date with what you're doing? So you can find a ton of really cool free videos and great articles on fearfreehappyhomes.com and check out the podcast, Happy Paws, that's presented by Fear Free. And I'm the host on that. So I'd love to have you tune in. And then you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook at uh, my name, Mikkel Becker, M-I-K-K-E-L Becker. So find me there and from Fearful. From Fearful to Fear Free is another really great book. So if you have a pet that you are wanting to just do the right thing from the start or, you know, wanting to fix some of those things that you see in your pet that may display stress or things like that, I would definitely recommend that book because it's, it's really been a big game changer in the industry. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So hopefully everybody listening right now just kind of clicks the podcast off now and goes over there and checks everything out. So Mikkel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a good chat. Thank you so much for this. And by the way, if you hear snoring in the background, that is my pug, Indiana Bone. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I can hear him snoring. He's just he's just having a great dream, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit and I'm going to find that audio track and actually make it louder. <laughs> oh, good, good. So <laughs> Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out the show notes for all links to everything mentioned in this episode. Head over to www.mela.ai to learn more about what's happening over here at Mela Pet Care and for more ways to keep your pet healthy and happy. And finally, don't forget to check out the Mela Moment Pet Health Podcast on LinkedIn and Instagram.